Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master Key. Today is Monday. I believe it's the 7th, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is the 7th, Monday the 7th. I pray that your weekend was blessed, great, awesome, dynamite, powerful, and uh, full of the love, peace, joy, and the glory of the Lord. Uh, We had a powerful time. Uh, God is preparing us. Uh, and helping us, equipping us to be able to receive the manifestation of everything that he has spoken and promised. This is a season, I believe, that's going to be extraordinary. Uh, at the same time, uh, uh, I want to share some principles with you that I think is going to be able to help us and bless us to be able to receive what God promised us without the enemy coming to steal it away from us. Uh, one of the problems I see in the body is we get so excited uh, uh, about what God promised and the things we see happening. And we're not uh, watchful. And uh, uh, we have to be watchful that there's a devil that he doesn't sleep. He don't slumber. It's the way 24 hours always plotting and planning against our life. And I never, by no means, when we get on this broadcast, to want you to be afraid of the enemy. Uh, he's been defeated, he's been conquered, but he has power, and he is real. And we quote scriptures that he's he got power, but he ain't powerful than Jesus. No, he's not, but he's more powerful than you. And that's why I want to help you to always try to learn how to submit to Jesus, and then his power will never be effective in our lives, won't be effective in my life if I constantly yield and surrender and submit to him. So we want to share some patterns and some principles. I believe it's going to help you tonight, help all of us, as we begin to walk in the authority and the power that God has given unto us and to be able to apprehend that which God uh, has promised us. And I need you to really understand this thing is really not about you and I anyway. It's about him. I asked a question, I think, um, uh, yesterday in service, or it could have been last week. I forgot when it was. But I asked this question. If God promised you a thing and you never receive the thing, is God glorified? And the people said, no, he's not glorified. Absolutely. But do he want to be glorified? Yes. So he wants you to have and to receive the manifestation of the promises greater than you want to receive them because he's going to get the glory. He's going to get the honor and the praise if you do receive them. Matter of fact, I think it's John chapter 15, verse 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. He wants you to progress. Fruit bearing there, uh, I believe, is dealing with character. And to the degree that you develop in character will be the degree that God can entrust you with materialistic things. The Bible says in the book of Luke, chapter 16, I haven't even done my introduction yet, but that's how it happens as I get in this flow. In Luke, chapter 16, it talks about receiving true riches over deceitful riches. The Bible says in John, uh, Luke 16, it says, if, if, if you cannot be entrusted with unrighteous mammon, who can entrust you with true riches? Unrighteous mammon. Mammon is money. If you cannot be entrusted with unrighteous mammon, who can entrust you with true riches? True riches is the things of God. God himself. The power of God. The authority of God. The wisdom of God. He says, so, don't notice here he measures my spirituality and your spirituality based on how we manage mammon. This is an area that so many people get offended about and it's not that much teaching done uh, done, uh, done on mammon. That's not 
my goal to share anything about that today, but we're talking about relationship with the Lord. He measures my spirituality and your spirituality based on how I handle mammon. And so therefore, because he understands that the love of mammon is the root of all evil. Do God want you and I to have mammon? Absolutely. We need it to survive in this realm. You say, well, I don't need nobody but Jesus. <laughs> well, you, 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 we, we need Jesus, and I have Jesus, but you can't eat him. And you can't uh, be clothed with him in the natural, that is. He can't be your shelter from rain. He can stop the rain. He can keep you warm, keep you cool, all of that supernaturally. But as long as you and I are living in this realm, we're going to need things from this realm to sustain us and keep us. As long as we live in this physical body. But I believe that we're entering into a state that we're getting ready to ex experience an explosive transfer of wealth. I believe with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. An explosive transfer in the wealth. I believe wealth is getting ready to change hands. I believe God has been preparing people to labor and to work for you. To build for you, it's getting ready to change hands. So I know it's getting ready to happen. My question to you tonight, are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to receive that which God has been promising you for years? Are you ready to receive the restoration of that which the enemy has stolen from you? If your parents not alive, your parents, your grandparents not alive, your grandparents, he has stolen it and has housed it in his warehouse. And God in this season is releasing legions of angels to go forth to bind the strong man that his house can be spoiled. The strong man, I personally believe, has already been bound. My strong man has been bound. Because there's a stronger one than he. he. said, the only way you can bind the strong man, there need to be someone that is stronger. I was teaching on this on Sunday. I suppose that's why so much in my spirit. This is the first message of the new year, to binding the strong man. Now, the reason God gave me this particular word, binding the strong man on Sunday, we're not going to go into it, I don't think, go into it, is because I know what God is getting ready to do for us. It's already started with me last year. In November and December it started with me. Releasing and restoring the years that the locusts, the canker, and the cattle, and the palm has eaten. But what good is it for God to restore and command the devil to give back to me sevenfold everything stolen from me if I have not dealt with the enemies of wealth, the enemies of my destiny. That's my responsibility. That's not God's. That's mine. And once again, enemies is not people, enemies are spirits. Have I dealt with the enemy that wants to manipulate me and steal what God is getting ready to restore to me. You know the scripture says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. This is how the enemy operates, ladies and gentlemen. This is what he does. So he will allow me to open up a door, and that usually we do it ignorantly, and he ends up taking some ground in my life. If I don't deal with that thing that I gave ground to, I may give, have given him ground in my prayer life, given him ground in my study life, given him ground in my marriage, given him ground uh, in, in my intimacy with the Father. In some area, I gave him some ground, but I didn't deal with it. Notice what God speaks, says to the children of Israel. When you go into the land of Canaan, Canaan to possess the land, 
the houses that you didn't build that I told you I'm going to give you, the vineyards you didn't plant that I told you I'm going to give you, the wells that you didn't have to dig, I had them to dig it for you. He said, now when you go into the land, he said, this is what you got to do. you got to drive out the, drive the enemies out of the land. You are not to covenant with them. You are not to marry their daughters and give your daughters to their sons. He said, you are to drive them out. Now, notice what God said. Now, if you don't drive them out, they're going to be a snare to you. They're going to be a prick in your side to you. That's what God said, if you don't drive them out. So they're going to enter into the promised land. They're going to possess the land, but they're going to end up being nice. And that's the problem with some Christians. You're too nice. You're too kind with the devil. Well, you said, well, as long as they ain't bothering me, it ain't going to bother them. No, but it don't work that way. Can you imagine God being nice to Lucifer when he became Satan? Can you imagine what heaven would be like right now if God did not kick Lucifer out of, out of heaven? Can you imagine It would have been hell in heaven if God did not allow Michael and his angels to kick Lucifer out with his angels. And they became his angel when they defected from God. You cannot be nice to a demon. You cannot be nice to the devil. My prayer is to God tonight that you were praying and asked God to give you a holy hatred against every work of darkness. That you start hating the devil that bombards you. We too nice. We too nice. We let the devil play with us, play with our mind, play with our body. We just tolerate it. We've been sick for five, six, seven years. And so therefore, long as I can tolerate the pain, I'm okay. We too nice. We don't rise up with a holy hatred and anger against that devil invading the Lord's body. We tolerate it. I'm tired of fighting. See, you don't have a right. You don't have a right to get tired of fighting. You don't have a right. Because Jesus didn't say, I'm tired. I'm tired of taking this beating. He went all the way to the point of death. And you have to have that same mentality as a, a born-again believer and as a warrior. And that's going to give you a warrior's mentality and a warrior's spirit. You don't get tired until you die. You've got to make up your mind you're going to fight till the day you die. You're going to continue to advance the kingdom of God to the day you die. You're going to take ground for the Lord Jesus Christ to the day you die. You've got to have a warrior's mentality. And Father, I pray that upon our radio audience today, those that's in chat, those that's online, those that's going to be coming back later on, Lord God, come uh, join in with us later on. I speak and release the warrior's mentality, the warrior's grace, and the warrior's anointing. I release upon you even now. Now, if you want that, then you receive it because God has given me a grace on that. You says, Father, I receive that warrior's grace. I receive that warrior's mentality. I receive that warrior's anointing. I receive the warrior's spirit, Lord God. And when you had that mentality, you will never cease to the day that you die. The Bible says in the book of Revelation uh, that they love not their lives um, even unto the death. They love not their lives even unto the death. So you've got to have that kind of mentality that, that you're not going to quit on God. You're not going to fight God, fight for God. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Now, I say sometimes we just tolerate. We just we get used, okay, oh, 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 you know, I'm sick. I've been sick for five years. I ain't got my healing yet. But as long as uh, you know, I can take some medication, whatever the case may be, ease the pain, so that, then you know, I can uh, uh, just tolerate it to the day I die. That's not what God called you to do. You forgot. How in the world are you going to make a decision to tolerate something for that ain't yours? Your body don't belongs to you. 
My body don't belongs to me. My body and your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost. It is what? The temple of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says you and I have been bought with a price. So you can't do what you want to do. So you have you quit, given up on God, and you doing what you want to do now? You say, I'm going to tolerate these demons. I'm going to tolerate this situation. Every day you should be binding that devil. Every day you should be fighting. Every day you should be uh, confessing, a good fight, uh, confessing uh, how's the word of scripture I'm trying to uh, 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 quote here out of the book of uh, Hebrews. There it is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hebrews 10.23. Hold fast to the confession of your faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. Hold fast to the confession. Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast. The only thing should come, be coming out of your mouth and my mouth. I'm healed. I don't receive this. I don't receive this. I don't receive in pain. In pain, I don't receive this. Father, I thank you for divine health flowing in me now. I praise for divine health flowing in me now. You gotta keep on doing it like Abraham did it until the manifestation comes, ladies and gentlemen. And there's times that doubt, thoughts of doubt will shoot your mind. That's warfare. That's warfare. Every time a thought hit your mind to give up and quit, say you foul devil. I refuse to give up and quit. And even even if you have to take some painkillers, you take them, but you ain't quitting. If you got to take Medicaid, take it, but don't quit. You still waiting for the manifestation uh, of, uh, of of the supernatural healing of uh, in virtue of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm not in the thing that tell people don't take no medication. You don't take medication if if you have faith. I'm not a medication type person. And I don't like I I I, I use alternatives uh, uh, like different herbs or whatever the case may be, but I'm, I'm really not a medication-type person. That's just where I'm located. That's where my faith. But you'll never hear me preach, come against people that take medication, because medication don't heal you no way. God is the healer. God is the healer, but he can use medication. The Spirit of God can take it and quicken it and, and, and bring about a healing in your body. He can do that, or he can do it supernaturally. However, the Spirit of God lead you. But going back to, let's get back to the the, the, the focus and the essence of of uh, our conversation uh, today uh, concerning uh, a warrior, being a warrior, not giving up, not quitting, and 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 not being satisfied with the status quo. Now you're getting ready to experience supernatural breakthroughs like never before, because it's already been sanctioned, cannot be stopped. The heavens has decreed it to be so. The heavens has declared it to be so. My daughters went to a youth meeting. On, on Friday, and she came back. They was all excited because it was confirming the things that the Lord spoke through us on watch night, almost everything identical, almost word for word, open doors. Uh, that happened to us October the 7th. Uh, God talked about transferring the wealth, and this was a youth meeting. <laughs> and I, I like something that the, the young man said, my, uh, my daughter particularly, I like it. She said, the reason a lot of things did not manifest in 2012 for you because you was in your time, but in 2013 you were in your season. I said, I like that. I like that. So a lot of people frustrated and did not understand that uh, uh, oh, things that God promised that God understand you promised me this and blah, 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 blah. Because you was in your time. You was in your time. And the, and the preacher brought out that Jesus was in time from the time he was birthed to 30 years old. But he was in this season uh, in three and a half years after 30. He was in his season. That's when his ministry really started anyway. I liked it. That was, that was awesome. So I just wanted to reiterate that to you. You can take that and run with that and give you hope tonight and courage tonight. Amen. Uh, uh, concerning what the Lord God has promised you, but we're in it. We're in the season. We're in the season. And the Lord God has released the contender against every enemy, every enemy of his promise concerning you. He has released the contender. The scripture says in the book of Isaiah that I will contend, 49, I will contend with them that contends with you. I will contend against those that contends with you. Every force that's been contending with you, God has brought you into a season that he's releasing the contender, and he is the contender. He said, I will contend, or he releases his angelic host, which represents God anyway. So therefore, get ready, man of God, get ready, woman of God, 
to receive your full manifestation of the angels is bringing it. Now, this is, now going back, I need you to hear this. I need you to hear this. One of the reasons God gave us the word about binding this from is this right here, because I know what's getting ready to happen. I know people are getting excited, concerned. A lot of people are already beginning to, uh, many people uh, uh, is already beginning to receive the manifestation of the promises and the blessings of God. But this is what the enemy don't mind. He don't mind if you and I receive the manifestation of what God has promised us, as long as you and I don't deal with the enemy of our soul. Things you and I have been tolerating for years, have not confronted them. When you and I receive the manifestation, if you and I have not driven out every enemy, then the enemy is going to rise up and war against us to take the possession that God has given us. You say, what, what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you mean by that, preacher? Listen, we've got to really understand how this thing works. And I kind of started this thing off on Saturday. Saturday, in our Saturday session on prayer, intercession warfare, the supernatural. There is a, a, a lot of Christians uh, that has opened up the door for satanic oppression. And so if you have not, when the promises come and you have not dealt with those spirits, them spirits will rise up and manipulate you and destroy what God has promised you. Now, I want to give you a word of encouragement. And Lord God spoke and said that he have re- he's releasing vengeance upon our enemies. If I was you, I would be making confessions every single day. Father, I thank you for releasing vengeance upon whatever enemy that has been plaguing your life. If it's fornication, if it's pornography, if it's masturbation, if it's greed, if it's lust, if it's stinginess, whatever it is, begin to decree and declare the vengeance of God against that enemy. If it's anger, if it's violence, begin to release. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for the vengeance of my God being released against the spirit the spirit of anger, the spirit of lies, the spirit of pride. I am liberated from you. I have no part with you. You have no part for me. With me, I rededicate my spirit. I rededicate my soul. I rededicate my body unto the Most High God. I am the purchased possession of Almighty God. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And Therefore, I refuse to tolerate any evil spirits to live in my body. I refuse to tolerate the spirit of infirmity in my body. you got to get out of here in Jesus' name. This body belongs to the Lord. That which has been distorted in my body, I speak divine correction to my body now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I bring my body subject to the Lordship of Christ. Therefore, rule and reign in my body, Lord Jesus. I speak correction to my vision. I speak correction to my hearing. I speak correction to my heart. I speak correction to my liver. I speak correction to my lungs. I speak correction to my bladder. I speak correction to my pancreas. I speak correction, uh, correction to my... What else? My joints, my bones, my marrow. I speak correction to my red and white blood cells. I speak correction to my mind. I speak correction to my brain. It belongs to the Lord, and you got to fight for the Lord. You're not fighting for you. You're fighting for the prophet of the Lord. Your body belongs to the Lord. So you're in warfare for him. That's why you don't quit and give up. You fight until you are no longer in this body. Because you're fighting to take ground for the Lord. You're taking, once again, you're fighting to take ground for your Lord. Your Lord on your body. Jesus on your body. So you're fighting for him. You're fighting against every negative thought that enters into your mind. You're fighting for your mind. Your mind belongs to the Lord. So you're fighting for him. You're not fighting for you. You gave up rights to you. When you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you gave up rights to you. That's why you need to understand you have no rights. Your rights, uh, you have signed your rights over to the Lord Jesus Christ. You have no rights. So, therefore, 
the enemy is trying to manipulate you to reclaim your rights. And how he does that, those that is married, you already know. He tried to get the husband to stand up for his rights. You got to get the wife to stand up for her rights. I ain't taking this. I'm not going to tolerate this. Well, who, who are you? You don't belong to you. You've been bought with a price. Well, I ain't let nobody, ain't gonna let nobody do this to me. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean you ain't gonna let nobody do what? You don't belong to you. You have no rights. You signed them over. When you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you signed your rights over. You gave up your rights. And now you trust the one you gave your rights to. He now become your protector. He now become your deliverer. He's responsible for you. See, I need to help us understand salvation, ladies and gentlemen. We really don't understand salvation. We really don't. When you gave your life to the Lord, you, you, gave, you gave, you gave. You signed it over. How many of you that's on this broadcast has been in the military? So how many of you on this broadcast have know someone that's been in the military? I've never been in the military. But I had two brothers went into the military. And probably got some old people that's in the military I don't know of, relatives. I know my one of my sister's son is in the military. Now, when you went into the military, or your brother, sister, nephew, niece, uncle, aunt, or one of your parents went to the military, did they not sign a contract for X amount of years? What did they do? They signed the rights of their life. They signed it over to Uncle Sam. Take me, use me, do whatever you want to do with me. Now think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Those of you that's in the military, have been in the military, I know someone that's been in the military, when, this thing, is, this thing is so real, but we don't really understand salvation. When you sign your rights over to Uncle Sam, watch this right here. Watch this right here. If you are in boot camp or you've been transfer overseas or somewhere. And if it's your anniversary, do you say, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home for my anniversary for a week or whatever the case may be, and then I'll come back and join you guys. You don't have a right. You think they care about your anniversary? And you in the military? No, they don't. What about people that went to the military and their wives were pregnant, but their child, uh, uh, their wife gave birth to their child, and they're in the military? So I'll let you go on child, uh, 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 what is it, childbirth, childbirth leave? No. Especially if you're overseas, and especially you're in the midst of boot camp, especially you're in the midst of whatever the case. Uh-uh. No. Well, they, 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 they don't care about nobody. Yes, they do. They care more about their agenda than yours. You gave up rights when you went into the military. You gave up rights. You don't call the shot. They call the shot. They tell you what time you're going to get up. They tell you what time you're going to eat. They tell you how to make up your bed, how they want the bed to be made up. You don't belong to you. So therefore, true salvation, really understand salvation, I don't belong to me. Now watch this right here. Now those in the military, when you go to war, when you go to war, now uh, in war, if there is a war, you in war, uh, do you have a right 
to go start shooting bullets because you're, you, 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 you're at war. Absolutely not. You have the right. You can't shoot until somebody gives you a command to shoot. Someone lead you into warfare, battle, shooting your gun. You cannot do what you want to do when it comes down to being in the military. It's the same thing in God, ladies and gentlemen. It's the same thing in God. But the sad thing about the majority of us, that's why we don't see great things happen in our lives, is because uh, we save, but we really are still calling the shots. We say we gave our life to the Lord, but we really calling the shots on our life that belongs to the Lord. He's not calling the shots. You go to church when you want to go to church. You pray when you want to pray. You reach your Bible when you want to read. You fellowship with God when you want to fellowship with God. You still calling the shots. Then is that really salvation? And maybe I need to teach uh, one of these one of these broadcasts on the fundamentals of salvation because this probably will help us to, really, uh, to see if we save or really not saved. A lot of people ain't saved. Salvation is not uh, not not because I say Jesus coming to my life. I know that's what we've been taught. Jesus coming to my life. How many people you know have said that and still don't what they want to do? The majority of Christians I know. Jesus coming to my life to be my what? Lord and what? Savior. Jesus coming to my life to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. One of the things that we say right here, Jesus is not Lord of all. He's not Lord at all. If Jesus is not Lord of all, Jesus is not Lord at all. So what happens is this right here, ladies and gentlemen. So 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 let me go ahead and put it this way here. Uh, I really want to get into some, something else. Saying, Lord God is quickening something. He's mentioned a few people here. Now, let's, what, what does it mean to give your life to the Lord? This is going to let us see if we really save or not. What does it mean to give your life to the Lord? To give your life to the Lord. What, what does it really mean when you give your life? Now, what does your life consist of? Your spirit, your soul, your body. If I am an authority, if I am an authority, uh, which I am, what I mean by an authority, I'm the head of my household. I'm the, I'm the head of my household. I'm the authority of my household over my wife and my children. And that doesn't mean you to dominate, you to control, manipulate, be a tyrant. That doesn't, that's not what authority means. We got some men on, on the line saying, hey, tell them, preacher, I'm the authority. Now, well, you understand, authority means responsibility. I am responsible to cover. I'm responsible to protect. I'm responsible to make sure that I fight for any, against any force that will come to try to block and stop my wife and my children becoming what God has ordained, appointed, and anointed them to be. They have nothing to do with this realm because you're not going to be married when you go to heaven. And them children that you have, they ain't yours when you go to heaven. They're not yours now. And your wife really ain't yours. God only loaned her to you and loaned those children to you for him. For him. And that's another problem where we get in trouble. We take ownership. But this is mine. 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 Listen, you and I don't own absolutely nothing. We are not creators. We are a creation. Our body is, that is. It's creation. So, we have to break this thing down. Okay, now, what it really means to give your life to the Lord, to give yourself to him, to give your life to him, and he becomes your Lord and Savior. Let's, let's look at this, break it down, if you will. How many of you that is on the broadcast today own something, or bought something, or purchased something from the store that you really like? What, what do you have right now? Some, you know, sometimes we have a favorite, a favorite shirt. We like wearing our favorite pair of shoes or favorite pet pants. Uh, um, I have a, 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 a tremendous wardrobe. God has blessed me with the majority, uh, majority of everything I have is tailor-made, my suit shirts. Uh, but I like to be comfortable. Uh, that's, you know, I got all this stuff, but I, I, I like gym, gym clothes. I mean, I like to walk around in gym clothes, uh, tennis shoes and sweatpants and a nice shirt or, or whatever. It's comfortable. But I bought it. So if I go to the store and I buy it, 
It's mine. Now, I want to ask you a question. If I went to the store and I saw a uh, nice pair of uh, tennises, I, I like jogging shoes because I, I work out. I like working out. I, I got me a pair of nice jogging shoes, and, and, and I pay for them. And when I pay for them, I gave them the money. They gave me a receipt. But I take a knife out, and I begin to cut and rip those shoes up. Would they call the police on me? And and police come and put me in jail? No. Why not? I bought them. I'm the owner of them. So I can do whatever I want to do with the shoes that I bought because I'm the owner, right? Yes, I've been I bought the shoes and I paid the price that they wanted. So the price was paid, so it's mine. So when you give your life to the Lord, you gave your life to the one who paid a price for you. He paid a price. And the price was he died. That was the price. For you to give your life to him, he paid a price. So he purchased you. Now, I gave a special concern to the, the tennises, and I ripped them up. Nobody had a right to say anything. They're not going to call the police on me. They probably going to start laughing at me. Say, man, what, what you doing? Man, it's a nice pair of shoes, and, and, and you just took a knife and just ripped them up? Why did you do that? Well, I just felt like doing it. You okay? Uh, I'm fine. But you just bought these, these shoes. You just paid 100 bucks for these shoes. And you just ripped them up? Yeah. Well, sir, you can do whatever you want to do. I mean, you know, we got the money now. It's yours. Can God do what he want to do with you? If I ask you, is God sovereign, you're going to tell me yes. If I ask you, is God omnipotent, you're going to tell me yes. If I ask you, is God omniscient, you're going to tell me yes. If I ask you that God is omnipresent, you're going to tell me yes. So if he's all this right here, and you have gone through hell within the last month or last year or the last five years, uh, do he have a right to do what he want to do with the, the product he just bought? Should, I'm trying to help you understand salvation. Now, I know it's coming clear because I can sense light is coming to you. Now, another question I'm going to ask you. Now, if he's sovereign, if he's omnipotent, is he omniscient, is he omnipresent, you're going to tell me yes. If I ask you, is God greater than Satan, what are you going to tell me? Yes. Is God omniscient? Omniscient means know everything. He knows the past, present, and the future. He knows the number of the hairs that you have on your head, if you have hair. He knows. He knows everything because he's omniscient. Is Satan omniscient? No. Is Satan omnipresent? No. Is Satan sovereign? No. So if Satan is not omniscient, Satan is not sovereign, Satan is not omnipresent, he's not, well, he's not greater than God. Well, next question would be, did Jesus defeat Satan? You're going to say yes, those that know the Bible. You're going to say yes. Did Jesus really conquer him? Yes. Now, are you the property of God? You're going to say, yes. So if you belong to God, have God allowed you to experience any kind of pain since you've been saved? Yes. Could he stop it? Yes, because he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. So if he wanted to stop people from hurting you, he could have stopped it? Yes. If he wanted to stop people from lying on you, he could have stopped it? Yes. He could have? Uh-huh. But why he didn't? I don't know, preacher. Well, let me, let me ask you this next question. Because we help you to understand, Sabi. Do you think God loves you? Now, you're going, to, you're going to say the right thing, but probably struggle in your mind. Because of the hell that, when I first got saved, the hell that I went to, I was questioning, man, I mean, how could God love me? 
because I didn't understand love at the time. I was immature. I was very immature. I didn't understand love. So, do you believe that God loves you? Well, I'm going to help you out. He do. The Bible says God is love. God is. Whatever you are, you can't do nothing but do what you are. If you are a thing, then you only can do what you are. If you love, you only can love. God is love. So you say, well, preacher, if God loved me, then why he allowed me to experience so much pain? Well, let's look at it this way. Let's get it this way. <clears throat> Have you ever went to and worked out? First time I ever worked out, do you feel any pain? Absolutely. The next day when you woke up, you felt tremendous pain. You felt muscles in places that you had no idea you had muscles. But so what was happening? The pain was a signal that something was happening. Muscles were being torn down so they can be rebuilt. I'm trying to help you out here. God loves you affectionately. And you could take that to the bank. In love, the pain that you are experiencing, God doesn't take pleasure in your pain. God only takes pleasure in what your pain is designed to produce. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit today? No child, I'm saying no parent in their right mind no parent takes pleasure in the pain that their child is experienced when they chastise them, but they know the purpose of the chastisement and what the design of the chastisement, what it's designed to produce. The parent knows or have some kind of insight or foresight uh, into this thing. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit? So therefore, all the pain that you may be experiencing, and you have experienced, is designed for one thing and one thing only. It's designed to be able to release into your life God's ultimate, his blessings. He wants to see you to be able to walk in the blessings of God without the enemy coming and stealing them away from you. So what, what's the purpose of the pain? It's preparation. Excuse me. It is preparation. It is preparation. I want to read a scripture too that has come to my spirit. I believe it helped break this down that has came to me just now by the spirit of the living God. Let me see. Can me uh, open this up for you? Uh, tonight, uh, I have my mechanical Bible here. I've been I've been uh told I gotta start taking my uh my paperback Bible. Because sometimes uh I was sharing with the uh uh people that have a new members class that uh, uh you have to depend on the internet, the satellites. If they cut up then you you messed up. And uh, and matter of fact that's what's happening to me right now. As I'm opening up my mechanical Bible, thank God I'm in my office and I got plenty of Bibles here, and uh, I can just go ahead and and, uh, and see this thing here. It just opened up. It don't. It didn't even open up to the verse there. <laughs> see now it just opened up. These Bibles, um, I'm saying these mechanical Bibles. I, I thank God for them. I, I really like it. I I, I really do like it. Um, uh, uh, my. Uh, iPad that I have here. I got my, I got uh, three or four libraries on this thing, and uh, got all my, uh, not all, but majority of my messages on here. So I just love it. I can just walk around with three libraries. Can you imagine the technology? How you, you would have to have a. Uh, uh, my, if I had all of this in book form, I would have to have it'll be it'll fill a van up. It'll, it'll fill a van up. And probably couldn't get all, all the material in, in, in the van, all the books that I have on my iPad. But listen to this, if you will. 
I'll be reading this out of the Amplified Version, but you can read that in any version, basically say the same. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, listen to this. Now, what I mean is that as long as the inheritor, heir, is a child. Let me get it to another translation instead of uh, uh, the uh, Amplified Version. Let me just get it back to the regular uh, King James Version or the New King James Version, if 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 you will. So what I'm going to do is go ahead and turn in my paper Bible since I have this out and how to work on this mechanical thing here that slows me up from time to time. Sometimes it pops right on in there. Notice what it says. Now I say that the heir, that's you, that's me. We are heirs of God and we are what? Joint heirs with Christ. We are heirs. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, he is a child. And, and I know you're going to say, well, preacher, I'm not a child. That's the problem. You're grown. And that's why so many people never receive the full manifestation of what God promised them because they're grown. And the scripture clearly tells us we have to come to him as a little child. So you don't want to see nobody to see you as a child. I'm grown. But until you humble yourself and you get a, and allow the spirit of God to develop a spirit of humility in you, a, uh, a, a humble mind, you're not going to apprehend all that God has for you. You know why? Because grown folks take matters to their own hands. Children need somebody to take care of them. Children need somebody to provide for them. Children need someone to be able to uh, pay for their schooling or their clothing. So their children are dependent. Grown folks ain't dependent. But humility, that's what humility is, is living in total dependency upon him. Paul said it this way. He said, in my flesh dwell is no good thing. So why are you depending on you when you're no good? I'm no good. The only thing, only person good is Christ. One young man came to Jesus one day. Good man, good man. He said, why call this about me good? There's only one good. That's the Father which is in heaven. So I, I'm not good. You're not good. So why would we depend on what ain't no good? So we have to depend on the Holy Spirit. Depend on the Lord Jesus Christ who lives, dwells, and abides on the inside of us. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, different nothing from a servant. Different nothing from a servant. Though he be Lord of all. Though he be Lord of all. Though he be Lord of all. But different nothing from a servant. Even though you're heir of everything that God owns, I am an heir of everything that God's own, but as long as I am a child, I differ nothing from a servant. What do you mean, preacher? What are you saying to me? God has graced uh, this family. Now, uh, uh, well, I can't use my kids as an example because now my youngest daughter asked me to take her around driving. Now she... Uh, once I learned how to drive, 15, she already prepared herself for her her uh, uh, her license. So, but just say if my child was five years old. The vehicles that God has graced us with is my children an heir of those vehicles. Absolutely. The uh, the property that we own. Do my child is my children an heir of the property? Yes, they are. But what if my child heard this five, six? Let's just say my child was 10 years old and understood what we said tonight. And said, Dad, I heard you say that I'm an heir of everything that you own. Right, yes, you are. But that since I'm an heir, will you give me the keys to the Mercedes? You're 10. Yeah, I know I'm 10, but I'm an heir. And and if I'm not, if I, if, if, if uh, correct me, Father, if I'm, if, if I'm articulating this incorrectly, but... But does that mean that I own what you own? Yeah, it, it means you own what I own. Then if I own what you own, give me the keys to the Mercedes. But you're 10. But, Daddy, it didn't say you have to be a certain age to be an heir. It says as long as an heir. I'm an heir. Yeah, but you're a child. 
and a child differs nothing from uh, different nothing from a servant. Say, what? Uh huh. But let me finish the verse, my son and my daughter. Let let, let me finish it here, so uh, we don't misunderstand the word of the Lord. Notice what it says here, verse two. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. It's under what? Tutors and governors until the, until the time appointed by the Father. Even though you're an heir, you're in training. You are training to learn how to live like an heir. You're under tutors and you're under governors until the time appointed by the Father. What is the father looking for? Is the father looking for me to get 18? Is the father looking for me to be 21? Is that what he's going to say? That's the time that I'm releasing everything into your hands? You're 18. You're grown now. You're 21. You're grown now. Some say 18. Some say 21. You're grown now. No, the father is not looking for a chronological age. But what is he looking for? He's looking for your ability to be responsible. And you can be 21 and irresponsible. You can be 25 and irresponsible. You can be 30 and irresponsible. But I'm waiting for something. The Father's looking for something until the time appointed by the Father. When the Father sees certain things that the Father's looking for, and the Father's not going to tell you what he's looking for because you'll, you'll try to do it. Now you will automatically develop into it. And the Father said, now my son is ready. Now my daughter is ready. I can entrust this. Everything that I have lived all my life for, I can trust into their hands, a time appointed. Now, I'm asking you a question. Do you have some children, some of your children, your younger church, one of your younger children may be a little bit more mature than one of the older? You have that in families. So if you start entrusting to the one that is responsible it looks like you're playing favoritism. Does it seem like God plays favoritism from time to time? It seems like God loves one person more than another person. Does it seem like that from time to time? But he doesn't because that's not love. Favoritism is not love. Partiality is not love. Because I'm going to tell you something. When I begin to look at some of the hell that God has taken me through, and I say, and you look at some other people, and you say, and, and, and just say if I came into ministry, uh, for five years, and somebody came to me for two years, and all of a sudden they just exploded. He said, "God, what? What? what what's, what's wrong with me? Did I do something wrong?" That's how we operate. Did I, did I sin? They said, I, "I've been saved. Five, I've been saved five years. Started ministry, and this person been saved two years. Started ministry, and they exploded." The Bible says, "He that compares himself among himself is not wise." So right there shows me I'm not ready, because I've compared. Myself with this other individual that's only been saved two years, started ministry year, it's blowed up in five. So God said, You ain't ready. You're, you, you're still carnal and natural, so therefore you're not ready for what I have for you. And nothing, I'm going to tell you what he's going to say. Get your eyes off of that person, keep your eyes on you. I've seen that happen. He rebuked me with that. I've been there before. Well, why? I'm trying to show you something, ladies and gentlemen. So he's preparing you. He's preparing you. Some people get theirs early. Some get them later. Bishop Hammond uh, was here October the 7th. He was sharing some principles with us. He said he got prophecies uh, years when he was early. He'd been in ministry, I think, 50-some years or 60-some years. I forgot what he said. Uh, been in ministry. And uh, he said it took 30 years for the Lord to bring to pass the majority of the things he spoke when he was a, a younger man. He said something. He said, he said, the longer the preparation, the greater the anointing. The longer the preparation, the greater the anointing. So, so you may seem like you're on the bottom of the totem pole. It's like everybody's passing you by. It's like everybody's passing you by. Don't get an attitude. Don't get angry. Don't get upset. Rejoice with them because everybody have a season. And when your season comes, God can bring you from the back all the way to the front. And where people has passed you by, they passed you by, passed you by, passed you by. But usually when you get to the top, you will last because God was preparing you internally. 
He was preparing you internally to be able to receive everything that God has for you. Preparation. Let me share this with you. I was talking to uh, one of my uh, daughters before I got uh, on the line. And this is another principle of growth. Ladies and gentlemen, I was sharing uh, 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 with her that the majority of my sons and daughters, not all, not all, but a lot of my sons and daughters that God has used me to raise up spiritual sons and daughters, is nothing like I was with my spiritual father, Dr. Brown. Now, I do have some like that, but it's nothing like my spiritual father, Dr. Brown. The majority of us have absolutely no clue how to be loyal, how to be dedicated, how to be sold out to someone God assigned to your life. And I believe that this is God want to help somebody out. We went through a major transition. And I, I, I want to show, uh, show them some. We went through a major transition. And, and when we went through this transition, uh, some people rose up uh, 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 against us, but really when the people, it was the devil using the people, and that's, that's real with me. But my thing is I was sharing with this person, and I said, I never said anything. Today was my first time saying something, first time out of all this time. But this has been a pattern with the majority of people that's been close to me. How in the world can you be in relationship and fellowship with somebody that rose up against me? How, how, if, if, if I am your spiritual father and God has assigned me to you and you to me, and you're a lawyer to people that rose up against I said, do that make any sense? I said, that shows me something. I said, I was never like that. Never. I was always dedicated. And, and, and committed to the assigned relationship. And that shows me, I told them, God can do very little. God can entrust you with very little because you're a man pleaser. And a lot of folks, it's men pleasers and don't know how to be loyal and dedicated to the assigned relationship. Can you imagine can you imagine what transpired with God when God kicked Satan out, Lucifer, out of heaven and, 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 and with those angels? And, but there were some angels in heaven said, Lord, you know, uh, 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 and they visit Satan every once in a while and said, you know, how everything going, blah, 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 and they shoot back to heaven. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I can't imagine it, ladies and gentlemen. And the Bible tells us to be hot or cold. Hot or cold. Hot or cold. Now, I'm trying to show you something, ladies and gentlemen. Relationship, the way you get impartation is through relationship. When your heart is divided, you get nothing. You get nothing when your heart is divided. My heart has never been divided with my mentor, my man of God. My parents could never divide me. No other preacher was able to divide who God assigned me to. And a lot of people will never receive the fullness of what God has for them because they have absolutely no clue or understanding how to be loyal and dedicated. And you know the saddest thing about it? I have lived it before my sons and daughters. Lived a life of commitment and loyalty and dedication to who God has given me. Who God gives you. That don't mean they're perfect. My man of God never he wasn't perfect but he was the person that God assigned. And so, therefore, I was committed. I was dedicated. I never got in gossip about him. I never got in negative conversations about him to other folks. And maybe I need to do a teaching on this one day. Man, is share how to have a biblical relationship. See, going back to what saved me, my life belongs to him. He can do what he wants to do when God gives you a parent. God using that parent, even if it was negative to, to you, it's all preparation for your future. It's all preparation for your future. My father was an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. My family was poor when I was growing up. I'm not poor. 
But why did God bring me through that then? He brought that through me for me to be an instrument of God to break it, to stop it. To break alcoholism out of my lineage. To break poverty off of my lineage. But he had to raise somebody up. So God's in the restoration business, ladies and gentlemen. Are you, are you getting this? Oh, man, here's my time. My time is up. My time is up. I want to pray a prayer over you today. That you allow God to prepare you for the glory that's coming in your life. That you will prepare your heart, your mind, your spirit, and that when you prepare it, that the devil will not come and steal. You let the Holy Spirit, he will not steal what God's going to release to you. He will not steal. God said, I will give, uh, 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 grace you to give an, leave an inheritance to your children's children. You make that decision that you're going to leave an inheritance. And the greatest inheritance you can leave your children's children is not money. You can work all the days of your life, and you become a millionaire, a multi-millionaire, a multi-billionaire, and you die and leave all your wealthy children, and they can lose it all in a year or two because you didn't prepare them. You didn't lead them with the right inheritance. You didn't lead them in an inheritance of character, an inheritance of education, how to take what you deliver into their hand and take it to the next level. This is how it works, ladies and gentlemen. Character is the key. That's the best thing you could ever leave your children is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, a foundation in God, and everything that's going to be added, it'll come. It'll come. That's the greatest thing you, you can leave them. Greatest thing you leave them. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for these men and these women of God that has joined us today. And you have spoken to them. I speak and pronounce right now the blessings of God to overtake them on the right hand and the left hand. More than anything... I pray that you would grace them, O oh God, to, well, with the grace to submit and yield to the Spirit of the living God as the Holy Spirit has taken them through processing. I pray that you will grace them, O oh God, with a holy anger against sin, a holy anger against Satan that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, a holy anger against the manipulation of the powers of darkness that come to try to entrap us and enslave us. Grace us to rise up with a holy anger and begin, O oh God, to violently come against these forces that battles our mind, come against these forces that has incarcerated us. Grace us, O oh God, to, to release you as the contender against these forces of darkness that has enslaved and entrapped your sons and daughters. Um, Lord God, with pornography, with the masturbation, uh, with lying, um, Lord God, with pride, uh, uh, with rejection, uh, uh, with insecurities, uh, with the spirit of fear, um, with the spirit of infirmity, Lord God, uh, the spirit of poverty. Let it be eradicated. Let it be annihilated. Even this day in Jesus' mighty name, covenant breaking spirit, disloyal spirits. Let it be rooted up and let it be rooted out. We drive it out now by the finger of God even now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Spirits of unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness and anger and frustration, aggravation, spiritual murder. We break it now in Jesus' name. Loose us and let us go. We drown you by the finger of God. We belong to the Most High God. We will not submit to you. We will not surrender to you. Get out of our spirit. Get out of our souls. Get out of our bodies. Now in Jesus' name. You got to get angry with that devil. Lose my marriage. Loose my spouse. Loose my children now. I command you. I don't ask you. I command you to go now in Jesus' mighty name. Mm, I feel the anointing for yoke destroyers in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank and we praise you uh, for the preparation of the hearts and the minds of your people. God, to receive the blessings. Let your blessings overtake your people. Prepare our hearts and our minds. Grace us with a spirit of stewardship to manage well that which you're bringing into our lives even now in Jesus' mighty name. I speak, decree, and declare raises. I speak, decree, and declare promotions even now in the name of the Lord Jesus. I speak, decree, and declare businesses is getting off the ground this year. I speak it, I decree it, and I declare it to be so. Visions that you've been having for a long time, that God began to bring the right people into their lives, even now in the name of Jesus. Bring the right people, create the right circumstances, create the right situation for the manifestation of the vision that you've given your sons and your daughters, even now in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we speak that cardiac morning segregation amidst every enemy of their vision, every enemy of their dreams. I say not so in the name of Jesus. I call down the judgment of God upon the enemies of their dreams and the enemies of their vision in Jesus' mighty name. Not so, devil. They're in their season. They're not going into their season. The people of God is in their season. 
And Father, we thank you. We pray you an open heaven over your sons and your daughters even now. I call the heavens over over the, our radio audience, oh God. I call and command an open heaven over their lives. For surely the heavens has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we thank you, oh God, for a clear channel, oh God, of angelic help and angelic assistance. I release it in their lives right now. Angels bound and roaring on their behalf. Angels is going for creating circumstances situated for the manifestation of the word of the Lord in their lives. I speak it, decree, and declare it to be so. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight, and I decree and declare you will not lose anything this year. I forbid accidents in Jesus' mighty name. As a matter of fact, I speak, decree, and declare, Lord God, by the end of January, the law of restoration kicking in on the behalf of your sons and daughters. I speak it tonight. I decree it tonight. I declare it tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. I decree restoration. I'm going to say it again. I speak, decree, and declare restoration is taking place now in Jesus' name. It's done, settled, and sealed in the name of the Lord Jesus. I got to get off this broken. I got a conference. <laughs> uh, uh, God, I thank you for your people. And I seal them now by the atoning blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. It's done. Self to the seal. Once again, this has been your host, Dr. J. McKenzie, uh, with the Master Key. Join us at the last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of the month, ladies and gentlemen. Call your family and friends all over the nation. And be with us at 5.30 a.m. Let's gather our faith together. Let's join our faith together. Let's begin to come together. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna drive this thing forward. We're going to increase the momentum of the kingdom. We're going to continue to go, uh, speak, decree, and declare that these blessings, uh, they continue to gain momentum. Continue to gain momentum. That's area code 712-432-3900. Uh, the last Monday, Tuesday, when the 5.30 a.m., ladies and gentlemen, the code is 287381-POUND, 287381-POUND. And uh, you can go to our website and get the reference numbers for the previous uh, 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 prayer lines that we've done, uh, uh, ejmpcc.com. And we look forward to, amen, for a powerful, mighty time this last Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Well, my time has been up, so I look forward to being with you on tomorrow. Call somebody and tell them to join with us tomorrow. Those of you on chat, we thank God for you. And those that's online, we thank God for you. God bless you. We love you and appreciate you. Once again, this has been your host, Dr. DJ McKenzie, uh, serving you. Until tomorrow, God bless. <laughs>